Fashion Lab Africa. Real conversations, real fashion. Fashion Lab Show, the show that dissects the business behind fashion. My name is Liz Ogumba Regisford, your host, and thank you for tuning in once again. Now, on today's show, we are back to dissect the conversation uh, that will sort of draw our attention back to the basics, uh, sort of emphasizing on our lifestyle from the inside out, and we're definitely touching on glamour and fashion. Now, I'm definitely not the doctor, whoever, but I'm definitely also not coming with a subscription for you to take to the pharmacy and get yourself fixed up, but... At least the one thing I know is it's not what comes out that matters. It's actually what goes in. Now, every other girl is on another weight, loss regime, another diet. You know, others are trying to get a Nicki Minaj booty. I don't know. There's a whole different type of situation with the nose. There's a whole situation with a smaller waistline. 
there's just the list just goes on and on and honestly because everybody wants to be perfect i don't i don't really know honestly what it means to be perfect but this is the reason we're having this conversation today we just want to unpack this conversation in the best way we know how and we're going to be joined obviously by the rest of the crew now taylor jones on an article uh, i came across on healthline insists that as scientists learn more about diet and the body it's increasingly clear that what you eat can significantly affect uh, sort of your health and the aging of your skin. So ladies and gentlemen, here are top, her top seven foods. Apparently there's foods that we should focus on to sort of get that natural glow so that, you know, even your most expensive moisturizer might not be able to give you this. And this is a conversation we can have. We're gonna unpack all of these uh, sort of uh, tips and tricks and everything. Uh, and I just want to take it straight to it. So she talks about pomegranate, she talks about bananas, she talks about watermelon, papaya, kiwi, oranges, apples. We're going to unpack a lot of this as we continue. Um, I also know that definitely fashion, glamour and everything has so much pressure that comes with it. Sani Peterson also exposes the terrifying tactics uh, that sort of models use to stay thin. He unpacks it in a conversation on a New York Post. I'm going to share this link as well on Twitter for those of you who are tuned in. And he emphasizes that being a beautiful model can actually be a very ugly business. He speaks about a 16-year-old model who literally stuffed herself on cotton balls just to survive. I mean, there's so much going on here. He speaks about uh, the drugstore staples. Uh, whoever is literally living on that, obviously there's a lot of girls doing that. He talks about, you know, so many other, uh, you know, situations, laxatives uh, with these girls sort of almost having to barricade themselves in the bathroom for hours. There's just so many other ugly truths around this conversation. So I want to roll over to a quick music break and we will be right back after this break.
Fashion Lab Radio, the show that dissects the business behind fashion. And before getting too deep on today's topic, allow me to introduce our contributors who also bring this show to life through their interesting insights. Now, we are joined by contributor and partner Edgy Benson, who also runs NU in New York with his Echoes from New York. Welcome to the show, Edgy. Hi, Liz. How are you doing today? Fine, thank you. How are you? I am good. You sound sharp. Hmm. Well, maybe it's that Lisa Guma wines, <laughs> if you ask. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Who are you wearing? Who made your clothes today? Well, today I'm my old self. I'm wearing diesel pants, oh, my diesel skinnies, oh, Lord. and of course, a City Junk t-shirt, my bro. I'm mixing it up though, Liz. You have to be happy I'm tired of about talking this. about diesel. Okay, fine. Thank you, Edgy. <laughs> Thank you very much. Keep it moving. Keep it flowing. It's lovely, but it's nice to have you on the show again. Uh, and thank, thank you for you. joining us. And lastly, we will be joined by Zakia Bam for our brand new, uh, it's not brand new, I need to stop calling it brand new. It's our recent <laughs> segment called Glamish. And this is where we get a few tips and tricks around uh, different beauty regimens and lifestyle um, that we can actually apply on our day-to-day uh, sort of ways of being. Now stay tuned and catch up with our wine style guide where we touch base around everything stylish when it comes to wine and style which go hand in hand. And the last segment is my favorite segment. It's called Who Would You Want to Dress? So feel free to share with us as well your who's and your why's because that is the show that we sort of use to unwind after these heavy conversations. Keep your tweets coming. We are on Fashion Lab AF on Twitter and we are on Fashion Lab Africa on Instagram and Facebook. And we definitely would love to hear from you. So you are tuned into the Fashion Lab Radio here. Uh, we are live on Massive Metro every Tuesday between 7 and 9 p.m. Central African time. And you can definitely catch us if you miss some of these shows on fashionlabafrica.com on the podcasts. Now, allow me to introduce two really special guests who are joining us on the show today. 
We are joined by award-winning uh, Harvard-trained, board-certified celebrity plastic surgeon who's also the owner and director of Miko Plastic Surgery, uh, Miko Surgery Center, and Miko Anesthesia Group in Beverly Hills, California. And we're grateful to have you here for a few minutes so we can uh, sort of unpack these conversations that we are that are sort of chalking us. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, it is definitely a tradition. Who are you wearing? Who made your clothes is a very important question for us. Who are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, wearing I'm wearing my online Nico Lux. Um, oh. Nico Lux scrubs and uh, what else? I'm wearing a watch. <laughs> I'm wearing a Richard Mealy watch. And I have some African bracelets on. And that's my. what I'm wearing today. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, welcome to the show. It's nice. Everyone's wearing their brands. I hope someone's going to ask me what I'm wearing at the end. But anyway, we are also joined by <laughs> we are also joined by Amanda Van Anan, who is a skilled, reliable and inventive business professional. She comes with an international career and background in the fashion and beauty industry. And she's definitely occupied key management positions in companies located in London, all across L.A. She graduated the London School of Economics in order to pursue a business career. Now, allow me to introduce to the show. And she's not just, uh, she's also my friend. Oh, uh -huh. So allow me to introduce Amanda Vananan. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Hello, Liz. How are you? Fine, thank you. And thank you for joining us. Welcome, Amanda. Oh, I'm, I'm so happy. Oh, I'm so happy to be joining you on this. So, Amanda, you're not exempt either. Who are you wearing who made your clothes? Oh, actually, today I'm in my gym where I'm wearing leggings today. So, um, they're made by Aloe Leggings. And I've got on a pair of flip-flops by Javianas, if that helps. Wow, you're really feeling casual today, huh? Casual, casual Tuesday? <laughs> And Liz, don't run away. You have to tell us what you're wearing. Uh, I'm just wearing a very simple bell sleeve Lizogumbo maxi because um, temperatures a bit sort of dropped a bit this evening. But, you know, I feel fabu fabulous. I feel chic. It's effortless. It's easy. It's always the easiest things to wear, ladies. The maxi, you never go wrong with that. But anyway, um, thank you all for joining us on today's show. Now, I'm going to just move straight to Dr. Obeng. Now, as a philanthropist, a humanitarian, healthcare consultant, a visionary, a global entrepreneur, you've definitely transcended barriers in all stereotypes. I am, first of all, curious, if it's just for me alone, just to sort of fill this gap. Why did you get into plastic surgery? That's a very good question. Thank you for your question. So, you know, as a young, as a young boy in Ghana, you know, you, you grew up, growing up in Africa, you witnessed so many deformities, uh, diseases, and of course, at the time, was still going on, people attributed these things to witchcraft, you know, supernatural forces, the smaller deities, and, uh, uh, you know, in 19, around 1985, I had the opportunity to witness firsthand uh, the transformational changes uh, and I was brought on by Operation Smile to a neighbor whose husband had poured acid on her face. Hmm. And uh, that young lady became a recluse. She would not leave her home until Operation Smile did surgery on her. And I had the opportunity to witness firsthand how her mood changed, how she now would leave her house and come out. And from that day on, I said, wow, this is so cool. I want to be a plastic surgeon when I grow up. And that stuck with me, you know, and then I had the opportunity to leave Ghana at the age of 20 to come to America and the rest has been history. Wow. How long have you been in this business? 
I've been around plastic surgery since 1999. I've been, uh, yeah, since 1999, I've been around plastic surgery and I've been doing it on my own since 2006. So I've been in practice for 13 years. Right? So um, let's talk about one of your ventures, Global Health Solution, and it's sort of its value to the people. Okay. So Global Health Solution is an endeavor that I started in 2016 and is born from my multiple trips with my charity, Restore, uh, which is an acronym standing for Restoring Emotional Stability Through Outstanding Reconstructive Efforts. And for over a decade and some change, uh, I've been traveling all over the world, especially in Sub-Saharan Africa, uh, South America and Central America. Uh, not to mention Southeast Asia. And I, I've came to a conclusion that all these countries, you know, the healthy infrastructure is not up to standard. Uh, the personnel is also sometimes not up to standard and the equipment not up to standard. And the biggest thing that most of the volunteers were afraid of uh, is that, you know, they don't want to get sick when they travel to some of these areas. Uh, so it dawned on me, I say, you know what? Most of these areas is not because they don't have the money or the resources, but because they don't have the education, the know-how. So uh, that's how Global Health Solution was born. And um, you know, I vow to myself that you know, why don't I start a company that I can approach some of these people, some of these leaders who make decisions when it comes to healthcare. That you know what, you guys have the resources. It's just the proper education to be able to know. You know what what you guys are dealing with you know we we are so quick to put all our you know and i'm speaking from a guy from like like ghana for example you know you put a lot of money into entertain i mean to sports soccer you know uh, i remember in 2011 we did a mission up in the northern part of ghana and they have built a stadium for the african cup of nations which ghana hosted i believe in 2009 and they built a stadium 25 million just to play uh a couple of games okay mind you this same area the biggest hospital the biggest teaching hospital did not even have a mammography machine a dialysis machine we are talking about machines that are less than twenty thousand dollars mm. now that goes to tell you that it's not because of resources it's not because of money because they don't know how they don't think about health and somebody has to educate them that health is important i truly believe that a healthy nation is a wealthy nation and until we start thinking about healthcare, you know, we are not going to be able to stand toe to toe with our Western counterparts because they put so much emphasis and so much of their GDP back into the healthcare sector. And that's what global health is all about, is to educate, uh, to help uh, bridge the gap between morbidity and healthy living. And, um, you know, advise more infrastructure upgrades, uh, also help with uh, capacity building in terms of personnel and uh, also help purchase the right equipment. So, um, a lot of times, a lot of these countries or uh, a lot of these companies, not companies, the government officials, they pad, they pad the budget so much. And, you know, I was just in Ghana about three weeks ago and I found out they try and buy an extra machine, an extra machine. And they, I asked him, I said, if you guys don't mind me asking, how much is the machine? If they, they quoted me over half a million dollars. I said, I can buy a brand new machine for 25000 So those are some of the things, you know, the disparities and just to educate people. And um, right now I'm working with Gabon. Uh, Gabon, a country of 2 million people, doesn't, 
they don't have a heart surgery center. I mean, a heart surgery program. So anybody who's having a heart attack in Gabon has to be flown to Johannesburg, somewhere in South Africa, Morocco, Tunisia, uh, Belgium, and uh, France. And it's costing the country about 20, about $12 million. This is based on seven patients that they fly out every month. But that number is also very skewed because of the fact that when I used to work in Ohio, before I moved to Beverly Hills, I worked for a hospital where I served as the chief of plastic surgery. And that hospital had a draw area of about 140,000 people. And we're doing about 40 heart surgeries a month. So just imagine a country of 2 million telling me that they only do seven heart surgery or people, seven people need heart surgery a month. Those numbers don't add up, which means the majority of people are dying. So now, long story short, uh, you know, I've designed a program that will bring heart surgeons to live in Gabon, train the local Gabon surgeons. And after two and a half years, Gabon will have two heart surgeons, two heart anesthesiologists, pretty much two of everything. And they can be, they'll be able to take care of their own patients. So, and that will cost them about $30 million, which means the program pays for itself in two and a half years. And they don't have to waste money sending people out to get heart surgery. So those are some of the things I'm doing with Global Health. And I'm very excited. The, uh, <clears throat> the, the future is very bright for Africa. And so we invest in healthcare. Uh, Africa will never move forward. Wow. Now, now tell me something. Well, I want to move to the I want to move to the other uh, sort of glitzy and glamier side of your business. Um, talk to me sure. about or talk to us about. I'm interested again. When you uh, obviously are coming across all of these different um, patients or people who actually need your services, do you find that you have more of the cosmetic um, uh, sort of? Do you attract more of the cosmetic uh, driven? surgeries or patients who are looking to get a you know a better boob job get a better nose get a better this or do you find that you're actually in a space where you're attracting more of the need you know co you know considering the fact that you've also just broken down to us what you're doing with uh, your global health solution and a couple of other ventures you're in involved in who are you who's coming so my yeah my practice here Liz, in beverly hills is predominantly i would say 90 percent 95 percent cosmetic surgery you know, and it's just the, the location where I'm at and it's just the nature of the trend where we are. But I also have the opportunity to fix a lot of, do a lot of redo from other surgeons uh, because of uh, jobs that were not done properly or complications that arose after surgery. So most of my practice here, as you're absolutely right, is, uh, is, is purely cosmetic. And we do, I do a lot of breast and body. When I say breast and body, we're talking about all forms of breast surgery, breast <clears throat> breast reductions, breast lifts, uh, breast augmentations, just rejuvenating the breast to make it more youthful. Uh, also body, body contouring, liposuction, uh, bigger butts, tummy tucks, and all these are things that we can do in combination. And then that, that brings in the question, mommy makeover. You know, a mommy makeover is not an operation, it's a constellation of operations, but somebody or for the newborn mom or somebody who have had children in the past. And because of the ravages of childbirth, you know, childbirth, your bodies are not the same. And, you know, we come, they come to us or come to me and we find a way to rejuvenate the body and the breast. So that's my typical practice. And of course, uh, the non-surgical the, the, the non things like Botox, fillers, 
uh, fat graft into the face and so on and so forth. So that's the bulk of my practice. So I'm curious again, from your cosmetic um, surgery point of view, would you say like what sort of percentage would you say? How, do you have people who walk in and, you, and they need like say a Botox and you can see that they probably don't need it? Or do you, do you have like majority or minority of the people who walk in for surgery actually needing that surgery and i know needing is is a two-way thing because you know someone can walk in and say i want a another i want a boob i want a bad lift but then like they probably have a good bad good looking bad <laughs> so, so what happens is it back to business <laughs> i'm just checking but, but I, mean, I think i know i think i know what you are asking uh, Nobody needs cosmetic surgery. So right. when what? we say need, we are talking about, no, no, let me be realistic. When we say need, we are talking about, it's not a life or death situation. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you not having the surgery is not going to kill you. It's the surgery might not prolong your life. You know, it might improve your quality of quality of self or your quality of life. It might improve it. But when it comes to, I think what you were trying to ask me, uh, do we turn people down because of certain reasons? Yes, I do. Uh, oh, they wow. have to have realistic expectations. You know, if you don't have realistic expectations, if I feel like, okay, you come to me, you want a breast lift, I explain to you how we can achieve the results. I explain to you the different things that can happen. But if I feel like you don't grasp the concept, what I'm telling you, then I'm sorry, I have to turn you down. So, you know, some people will come and say, oh, I would like to have boobs like this. You know, I cannot make you, of course, I can make boobs twice as big as my head but i'm not going to do that because it's not safe you know it's not safe for the patient you know so they have to have realistic expectations and i have the three other criteria uh, you know that the person also has to meet uh, you know i have to like the person they have to like me and they have to be able to afford me so you know, I, you know once you meet these three criteria if i like you if you like me and you can afford me then the next thing is do you have realistic expectations and if you do, then we have a deal. And if not, you know, I will cancel. I mean, I will not take you on as a patient. And uh, you have to go find somebody who is not too smart enough to do your surgery. Because if, if, if the person doesn't have realistic expectations, there is no amount of surgery. Or there is, I don't care how great the results look to you and I, that person will never be happy because from the get-go, they never had realistic expectations. Amanda, you are there and you're very quiet because we are <laughs> jumping on this conversation yeah, as quick as we can. Yeah, it's a really but, deep one. Yes, but Amanda, I just want to touch base before uh, we finish with Dr. Bang. Besides moving from director of uh, the Elysian Europe um, in London to DNA hair in the US to managing your modeling career, which you actually, I don't know if you want to talk about it or not. I feel like you're kind of like one of those few walking billboards, but you know, that's just my opinion. But I'm, I'm interested, I'm curious, and obviously for those who are tuned in, I have to send you her picture so you can understand what I'm saying, and then it'll shut you down and you'll stop talking. But let's talk about how you manage your beauty regimen from the inside out. Um, Liz, so um, managing my beauty regimen from the inside out obviously includes eating healthy and eating the right things, taking supplements and vitamins, and you also find out that, you know, you have to eat a lot of fruit and veg and... Obviously, omega-3 is very, very important as you're aging because it's a very important factor. So lots of fish, you know, I try to avoid eating meat. But at the same time, you know, one thing that's important as you're aging is your collagen. 
because collagen starts depleting as you're aging and that's one of the main reasons why we get wrinkles and all that and you know why it, a baby skin is so soft so um one of the things um you know when i met dr bang and he told me he was creating this line called miko beauty um one of the things we decided to do at miko beauty was create um we decided to go about creating beauty that comes from the inside because everything we believe starts from the inside you know so because you know you can have all the surgeries and everything but if you are not healthy inside then you know it defeats the purpose
what is it that Miko Beauty does? Is it just a cosmetic company? So what is it? Is it beauty product? Is it is it is it like what? Is it a, some guidelines as to how to to you know some regimens or some what is what is what does it really what does it okay. mean? What does it do? I'll let Doctor Ben take over. Okay, cool, cool. So Miko Beauty is a line that. Uh, was created last year but you know people think something was created but they don't take they don't realize how much work has to put in uh, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a scientist first before a doctor uh, and also of course a beauty expert uh, working in the lab for so long i realized the need that most of the things that we put inside our body reflects on our skin and also on our you know in our eyes and you know just on the periphery but, um, you know, so all this time, I've always had the notion that any beauty line, okay, that's going to stand the test of time has to be something that has to be approached from the inside. You know, so this line came about from that thought process. And, uh, you know, when we just launched uh, in New York, uh, our line, uh, of course, uh, we have the, the, the two main components that goes into the body. We have two that goes outside. And the reason why we have, and I'll explain that. So we have your collagen, the collagen drink. Um, you know, the protein, we have all know that as we age, after the age of 35, after 35, we start to lose about 1% per decade, okay, uh, per year, I'm sorry. So, you know, we have the collagen. So the one of the main line, we have the collagen line, uh, which is the Mikoelexer. Uh, this is marine collagen. Uh, it's made from fish because a lot of people don't like animal products. But it's collagen, and this collagen science has shown that you know, we know that we need collagen for hair growth, for nail growth, also for good elasticity of your skin and to have good, uh, good skin. You know, so you know we've done a lot of studies, and the studies have shown that if you take this on a consistent basis, uh, by six weeks. You should get a boost in collagen up to about even 20, 25 percent, which is a lot. So this is something that you have to incorporate. It's part of a diet. You have to incorporate into your into your, uh, your regular uh, dietary reg uh, regimen. Uh, and then also we have the uh, the Miko One Shot Beauty, and that's my favorite. Uh, I take one a day. You know, I've lost about 20 pounds, and people say, "How did you lose it?" I don't work out, and I'm not I'm not condoning not going to the gym. I just don't have the time. So I realized that if you can beat them, you join them. So if I can go to the gym, I have to find a better way and a smarter way to eat. And uh, it starts for me, it starts with Miko, the, the one shot. Okay, I take one on an empty stomach in the morning. This is padded or loaded with all your daily vitamins. And more importantly, there's selenium. And selenium is one of the most important uh, metals that helps with enzymatic uh, reactions in the body. One other thing that it also does, it also coats your the, the, the ending part of the, uh, the your DNA, so that it slows down the aging process. Now, selenium is one of the most potent antioxidants ever known to mankind, so that's also in, you know included, incorporated into the one shot micro beauty, and you know the the uh, the results are there. You know, I, I am my own walking billboard because. Um, I look at myself and I say, well, I didn't know I was this fat, but I don't go out. I just change the way I eat. I eat healthier. And uh, I take my supplements. And of course, uh, we have the the CBD-infused facial mask, you know, which helps, uh, uh, as we all know, CBD, uh, which is it's very, uh, very powerful antioxidant. So 
topically you put on the face, you see, keep it for about 15 minutes. I add moisture, it also repairs some of the cell damages from the outside. And then my other favorite item uh, is the orchid stem cell. Uh, we have a lot of moisture for dry skin and it rejuvenates you. So those are the lines that we have. And, you know, next year we're going to release something very that the whole world has never, you know, it's going to shock the world. Uh, something I've been working on is, and the inspiration came from my first visit to Zimbabwe last year to Victoria Falls. I came across a plant that is very, very, um, uh, uh, what is it, dynamic in that region. And that plant, uh, that tree has so many potential benefits. And now we are in the lab working on it. And that's what we're going to build next year uh, to add to the micro regimen, uh, micro beauty uh, regimen. So that's the, the short and sweet version of micro beauty. Wow, that seems like something I want. Edgy, do you want to? Should, uh, should we get yeah. our own? Sounds very. It sounds good, and you know what's good is, uh, Dr. Ben, you look good. I've seen your skin too. I don't know if that's, uh, I don't know if it's the melanin popping, or I don't know if it's the melanin popping plus the, you know, Miko skin uh, it's a, it's regime. A, it's a combination of the melanin. And well, the whatever that is, I want him too. But you know what? I think it's really been great, and um, I think that you've also shared with us like so much. Um, to simplify things a bit, I would like you to join me um, <clears throat> on a quick, this is going to be very quick, probably three minutes, but I just want us to all participate in this and may the truest of us all uh, win. <laughs> it's just a conversation that I want to unpack a bit. Um, Hayati on her article on Styles at Life has a whole throwdown of how to get glowing skin in 10 days. I've never heard of 10 days, but you can now, this is where we need to just talk about it briefly. Uh, she talks about there are many factors, obviously, that are responsible to give a dull look to our skin. Things like lack of sleep. She's focusing on pollution, poor nutrition, suntan, drinking alcohol, which I guess I'm in trouble here for as well. But I want us to just quickly participate and I would like to go through these eight points. And uh, Amanda and Dr. Obeng and Edgy, you can either say a, a yay or a nay or open it up if you want to. Sure. I just don't believe... I have never heard of these three days. I don't know about these three days, ten days, because then everyone would be doing it. But here we go. So her number one is initiate prepping your skin in advance. And this, the way she breaks this down, is to offer your skin some time to sort of get repaired. She says as a minimum three months earlier than the big day. I don't know why people keep going on about the big day. But have you guys, do you agree with this whole initiate prepping your skin? And I don't know what it means, obviously. Everyone would prep their skin differently. She says, plus your diet obviously is supposed to get you more healthy, but three months earlier, and then what? In 10 days? Yay, nay, anything? So, 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 so yes and no, okay? Yes, you know, you can't, people expect to look good Saturday for a wedding, okay? It's not gonna happen. You, know, you have to start from somewhere, and three months is a good way to prep your skin. And the question is, we need to prep your skin. What is she talking about? Of course, you know some of the great things. Of course, great sleep, stay away from the sun, uh, drink lots of fluids, and of course, don't drink alcohol because it dries you up. It's a desiccant. You know, so all these are things, of course, and just great moisturizer, sunscreen, all these things. If you follow all these regimen, you know, eating healthy for three months, of course, your skin will look good three months from that day. You know, not. Not three days before a wedding. So those are some of the things. And when she talks about those 10, 10 days, yeah, you know, your skin, if you drink a lot of water for 10 days, if you stay hydrated, because one thing that, you know, we forget to, our bodies are about 70% water. Okay, the cells, the cells in our body, you know, so it stays plump. So 
you can tell when a person is dehydrated. You know, yeah, they do. They look older. You know, their eyes are sunken in. Their face is dry. You know, their skin is dry. Uh, and so it's important to stay hydrated. And of course, alcohol, alcohol tends to hold you back because of that's again. We've all known how you drink the night before, and the next day, you know, you feel tired, and your skin, uh, your mouth is dry, and, and so on and so forth. So. Some of the points that she's made, they, they are true, but not, not that quick, you know, not that fast. Anybody else? Or should I go to point to where she says, wash your face? I'm just surprised about that one. No, I totally agree with everything Dr. Ben said, you know. Okay. Yeah, as a skin guru myself, you know, prepping your skin is exactly the way Dr. Bang explained it. You know, keeping out of the sun, using sunblock, drinking lots of water, doing all those things. And three months is a fair amount of time. So you want to tell me, okay, you guys, I don't want to unpack this because then we won't finish it ever. You know how we go. But as really, for me, what is surprising for me is what? It means that you can just be on some crap for the whole of your life. And then three months, you can just decide, let me drink water, stay away from alcohol and do this and do that. And then, then you're fine. Just like that. And the skin just, skin just glows. That's what Are I'm, you doubting yeah. it, Liz? I'm, I'm doubting it, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to knock off the experts, but I'm just saying. Should we just move to point number two where she talks about wash your face? And she says this is a natural remedy okay, to me, sort of get plain. Let me, Liz, let me say something real quick. So, mm -hmm. okay, you, all your life you've taken bad care, bad, bad care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And you decide, okay, I have something coming up Christmas, I need to... Yes, you're going to see some changes. But of course, the damages that you've done for decades is not going to be corrected in three months. Okay. But at least it's not the decline will be will be will be halted, or the decline of your skin or your overall skin health will will be uh, will be slowly will go in a slower pace mm -hmm. compared to the initial degradation of how your skin was going. You know. Okay. So of course, there you're going to see changes. So now people who know you. When they see you, they say, oh, wow, Liz, oh, wow, your face looks so much better. Well, when you on vacation, you feel rested. Those are the some comments that you go, oh, Amanda, look at you. Oh, wow, what have you been doing? You know, you feel rested. Are you on vacation? Those are some of the words people will talk to. But, of course, it does not fix the problem over three months. And you have to continue on that trajectory and continue yeah. to to continue to do all the great things that get your skin there. And if you go back to your old, your old ways, your skin will start declining again. I hope I made some sense. Okay, cool. What about washing your face? That's another really key point she's emphasizing on here. Because if everyone was washing their face, wouldn't we all be glowing? I mean, we all wash our faces, <laughs> don't we? Yeah, but, you know, you look at it. So, washing your face is, is a great thing. I, I don't wash my face every night. You know, most guys don't. But yeah. I can tell when I wash my face, <laughs> it works. But the reason why you wash washing your face because during the day, you come in contact with so many, uh, so many, uh, what do you call, particles, Okay. And these particles can cause an inflammatory response. So your body then reacts to it. And then your body sends all these cytokines and things that, you know, in, in terms of, you know, it's, it's self, self uh, repaired. But at the same time, it also causes some damage. So if you can wash your face every night, more power to you. It will take the impurities off your face and it will impact more glow. All right, let's talk about point three, sleep. Is sleep really a key factor when it comes to skin rejuvenation? I would think so. I have been told yeah. that many times. I think sleep is a key factor, um, 100%, because, you know, um, obviously sleep cycles differ, but the average person needs about seven to eight hours of sleep, they say. And during that time, it takes your skin 
it allows your skin to rejuvenate and your cells to rejuvenate at the same time. I was reading an article actually the other day that said they found a gene that actually shows that some people actually need only five hours of sleep a day. And with five hours of sleep a day, they will go through the whole rejuvenation process. Now it differs from person to person, but I would say the average person needs eight hours at least. And I'm sure Dr. Van could tell us why. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Real quick, uh, sleep is very important. You know, the body, that's the time the body repairs itself when we sleep. Uh, And, you know, science has shown it. Uh, That's when most of the antioxidants uh, goes in this. We call it there's something called free, free, uh, free uh, radical, free radicals. Okay, free radicals they coat your DNA. The ends of the DNA is called telomeres. The free, uh, free, uh, free radicals attach to the telomeres, and the telomeres start breaking up, and that's where we age, and that's where we die, because the telomeres start getting shorter. But you know, in the, when you sleep is when you have the repair, reparative process takes place. When you know all the free radical scavengers will then start going around looking for free radicals and start attacking them and start fighting. So you need to rest. And we all know that when you are fully rested, you look younger, you look more refreshed, your face looks cleaner, you know, your skin looks glow, your skin glows. So sleep is very important and people who sleep very well. That's why the uh, we have this proverbial adage, you know, of a sleeping beauty, mm. you know. Yeah, so there's some truth to it and the science backs it up. So sleep is very important. Let's unpack exfoliation. Do we say yay or nay for exfoliation? And obviously there's gotta be a balance. Maybe you guys can unpack that. And like, I think, you know, there's gotta be a balance on how much you exfoliate as well. Yes, yay yeah, yeah, on exfoliation. You know, exfoliating just takes the dead skin off. So it makes you glow. And also it gets the, uh, the process, the wind healing process to kick in again, to replace the cells that just came off your face. So yes. And how often would we, suggest or propose i think i think once a week is good uh yeah i don't know the science behind how often but once a week is good so you're not causing too much damage to your skin mm-hmm. mechanical abrasion can also cause damage so once a week should be good let's talk about milk because my friend came to the house and actually didn't drink my milk she used it to cleanse her face and i was like gosh we're gonna run out of milk tell me about this milk thing is it really also uh, sort of um would it say would we say it's a skincare tip uh, for good or fresh looking or glowing skin as well? You know, I'm very old school, and there's not much science behind it. I think it's an old wives' tale. There might be some truth to it, but I think it stems from the fact that milk has all these other proteins in it. Okay, maybe just applying milk is very loaded in like the tryptophans and some of the essential amino acids, and maybe when it comes in contact with your skin. But you know, uh, I don't, I haven't seen the science behind it, you know, but uh, so I will not waste my, my milk on my face. Let me put it that way. So now you have it for me. All right, guys, one more intake of watermelon and water. What is it with watermelon? Is that even a thing or is it a myth or is it, what is it? So, so watermelon is packed, it's nothing but water. Okay, so I think, and of course, watermelon also has some of the key ingredients like the vitamin K's and uh, all these essential vitamins that our body needs. These are some of the same vitamins that are packed in the Miko One Shot. So vitamin, I mean, I'm sorry, so uh, watermelon is good. It's uh, very powerful. And it also has a lot of antioxidants in it. So and that's why it's good for the skin, for your whole body.
Visit our page on fashionlabafrica.com.
So Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. It's really great to have you on the show. And like I said, I spoke about something. I spoke about a walking billboard. I don't know if you caught that point there. But one of the things I know for sure, like when I when I was hanging out just now, not too long ago with Amanda, I know the girls were looking, the boys were looking, everybody was looking. How would you say, uh, or maybe let's just say, what would be Amanda's top three tips on how to sort of... Um, live a healthy lifestyle but like because we talk about this uh beauty thing from the inside out like the truth how would you or what are your three top top three tips that you would give anybody whether it's models in the modeling industry okay. who are struggling with uh you know keeping up with their weight mm-hmm. based on the pressure or whether it's just someone who's had 20,000 surgeries and they still cannot get enough or it's whatever it is let's let's get let's pick your mind on this okay um, you know, over the years, you know, I mean, as you know, Liz, um, I've done so many things in my life, starting from modeling to acting and then, you know, doing business degrees and then working with people, with companies, building companies. And, you know, um, one thing I will tell anybody, I'm going to give you three tips, but the first, which is one thing I will tell anybody is, you know, the most important thing I think for anybody to living a good life and to living a healthy life is I feel like it's your mental health and your mental health starts with just knowing who you are and living true to your true authentic self you know and what I mean by that is just trying you know in these days of social media and competing and everything trying to accentuate your own God-given gift I mean through my whole life, um, you know, being a model and then from there moving to LA, becoming an actor and then, um, you know, venturing in several business ventures. One thing I've learned about life is, you know, the most important thing is you have to make yourself happy. And people might say, you know, that's a million dollar question. How do you do that? But one of the great, one of the best ways of making yourself happy is to finding out who you are, who your true authentic self is. Because once you can do that, you know, it changes a lot of things. Guys, you know what? It's really been great having you on the show, Dr. Bang. Uh, thank you for joining us. I know that you have to rush, uh, but uh, you have any sort of, I think, a parting shot before you leave, just to share with our listeners who are tuned in, those who are feeling like they've got every single product on the shelf and their skin is still not glowing. Those who are feeling like they've stopped it, they've probably gymmed their whole life, they've done everything and they're still not able to get the waist size that they sort of feel they deserve. What is your parting shot on this topic today? Uh, my parting shot here, uh, number one, um, take a good care of yourself, okay? Um, we've all heard that apps are made in the kitchen, charity begins at home. So for those of you wasting all your money in the gym, I don't care how much you spend in the gym, <laughs> if you don't eat right, no, if you have to eat right, if you don't eat right, you're still going to have a belly and have muscle. And it's your choice. So eat healthy. Eat healthy. Drink lots of fluid. You know, try not to eat. Uh, eat about at least three or four hours before you go to bed. Okay. So your body will give you, you know, it gives your body now time to, to uh, uh, digest your food, you know, and then absorb. And uh, so that it doesn't just go straight. You know, so... Uh, that's number one. Number two, have a good skincare regimen. Wash your face, hopefully every night. Uh, wear sunscreen and stay away from the sun. Uh, wear big hats. You know, people think that because we are black, uh, <laughs> when we have melanin, we don't get skin cancer, we don't get wrinkles. Uh, and we do. We do get cancer, we do get wrinkles. And even though the melanin protects us, you have to do extra protection 
and wear sunscreen. And number three, uh, maintain your weight, you know, fluctuations in weight. Every time there's a over 10, 15 pound weight gain and loss, it affects the elasticity of your skin. So that's number three. And last but not the least, uh, you know, exercise. Exercise and go buy Miko Beauty and drink the one <laughs> shot. And uh, that will curb your appetite. Thank you, guys. I'm going to run. I have a surgery. Okay. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Obang. Really appreciate this insights. And uh, it's been really great chatting with you. Relation with my team, keep it moving and doing it right. I've been allowed every day till daylight. That's the way things move in this monkey business. We took an old samba song and remixed it.
Focus from New York on Fashion Lab Africa with Edgy Benson. All right, welcome back to the show, Edgy, and we definitely want to hear your sort of two cents around this with your echoes from New York. What do you have to share? I mean, it's it's amazing to have had Dr. Bang with us today and to have Amanda here with us. I mean, uh, this is a this is such a deep conversation because beauty and fashion are so um, I like you know bread and butter maybe in in a sense because. They're all about image, you know, how we feel inside. Clothes sometimes amplify how you feel. They are like your armor and they, 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 they just they validate this inner beauty that you feel, you know? So having, just listening to them, uh, listening to Dr. Bian, Dr. Bang, and then listening to Amanda, um, it's just, you know, for me as a fashion designer, um, sometimes my, my view of, beauty is so it's so Physical. it's just visual it's yeah it's visceral it's yes. it's more like visual you know yes. i just just that image of you and how how i see the wind blowing when you wear <laughs> dress, all of those things but i don't care how you feel inside you know <laughs> Unfortunately, really we, sh- we share the same sentiment. Yes. Yes. So I just think the shoes look good. Liz, Liz says I don't like those heels. I say, well, I love those heels. And you know, but it's also physical. But to hear like the deeper side of it, yes. and it's so important. And and it, it begins to lend credence to how you know all these issues with fashion, with fashion models, you know, just being polemic or anorexic and. All of that is that search for inner beauty, you know? Mm-hmm. So so it, it's it's good to listen. It's good to, it's been very educating for me, sensitizing for me in a sense, because I, sometimes mm-hmm. I really don't think that that much. I just want the dress to fit well. Like today but we can are- Can I ask um, you a question? Yes, go ahead. You know, when you brought up that topic about, you know, you wanting the dress to fit well, you know what came to my mind? I thought about the women that buy the dresses. Okay, an average designer dress that costs about $2,000 cannot be afforded by the 17-year-old girl that models it. Not no. be afforded by most 30-year-old women. No. It's usually, you know, a very select few that will buy a $2,500 dress, even a $700 dress, you know? Now, when I say to you that the average woman that buys this dress is probably 50 years old, you know, and she's buying a dress modeled by a 17-year-old girl that's skinny and that she doesn't look like. Now, the first thing that comes to my mind is that 50-year-old woman, her mental state, is there's probably something wrong with her mental state. The fact that, you know, okay, this girl looks good in this dress doesn't mean that if I buy it and I'm overweight at 50 and I buy the size 12 version of it I'm gonna look the same but I need this image of this girl to make me buy it you might say it's advertising but it's just to me part of it is um the mental health the mental state we're in you get what I'm saying yeah because I know dresses look great on younger girls and you know, skinny people and all that. I agree, 100%. But when I dissect it, as Liz would say further, we can look behind all that and think, why is it that we need to see people that don't look like us wear something that we can never afford to make us feel good? And even if we can't afford it, you know, we don't want to see an image of ourselves. You get where I'm coming from. 
Yes, you want to see an image of the unattainable. So that already starts to tell us about how unhealthy sometimes we can be mentally. You know what I'm trying to say? But you know, but just I to add on also, to... Yeah. Go ahead. Actually, uh, I'm just going to be quick. I'm just to add on to what Amanda is saying is just back to, you know, her basic conversation around when we spoke about tips and she said mental, your mental state of mind or your mental health is the most important, your mental state of mind. And I'm thinking now that you, Amanda, you're actually opening this up to that direction, I think, which is great. I think that you're right, that the 17-year-olds are not the ones who buy that $2,500 dress. However... The woman who's wearing it is probably in a more stable state of mind than the 17-year girl who's modeling it. The woman in between the girl who's modeling it and the one... So the woman, there's a woman in between. The one in between is the one who's who likes it. She wants to buy it. She can't afford it, but she loves it. She's on her screen, freaking her, mm-hmm. her screensaver or something. But she wants to look like that girl so she's the type of person who would walk in and say i want to look like that person but the more mature person who's actually bought the dress who could afford it i bet you majority of them have a sort of on a more stable state of mind that they're not even insecure really say that they they are satisfied with their bodies or would you say that they are like, oh my God, you know, I'm fine with it. You know what I mean? I women think... over 40 have more plastic surgery than women under 40, actually. But, so, you, but, you, mean... but you know, for me, Amanda, if you, for example, if I had a child, I don't have a child. If I had a child and my body sort of fell apart in a different way or something happened, definitely I'll be calling Dr. Obeng or Dr. Whoever to be like, hi. <laughs> no, because I'd be like, listen, if my child like sucked my milk out of me, to a point where I can't even walk and look milky the milky way. I'm like, listen, I need to get a lift. What's what's wrong with that? But my thing is the decision to be able to, or sort of the mindset that would make me make that decision is not because I lack self-esteem. It's because I need a boob lift or I need a boob job or I need, I've actually wanted this for so many years. I'm like, actually, yay, great opportunity. Let me go get these babies put up, you know? So I'm just saying that the woman who's making that decision Maybe some of them might be doing this out of insecurity. But remember that when you make such, it's such an important, it's such a big decision that when you make that decision, it means you're already probably comfortable with yourself. There's two types of ways but, to look at it, Amanda. But, so but, I hear but, you. But, but, but okay. I, I want to interject there because I would tell you there are two types of women that come from plastic surgery. I agree with you. There are those that are comfortable with themselves. And then, but the vast majority come, you know, I say, if you're going to do, I'm listen, I'm a proponent for plastic surgery. Go do whatever makes you happy, mm. but do it for yourself. Yes. A lot of people do it because they think I'm going to do it, then I'm going to look like Kim Kardashian. And then they realize I don't look like Kim Kardashian. I look like my own version of Kim Kardashian. You see what I'm trying to say? <laughs> so you should be satisfied with your own version. You guess what I'm saying? Because you'll never look like Kim Kardashian. And Kim Kardashian is herself and you can be yourself so even when it comes to surgery i'm all i'm okay for it provided you when you do plastic surgery do it for yourself Mm. you know we have people that think that the moment they do it they're going to get their husband back they're going to get this back they're going to get this or that you you see what i'm saying and the thing is they do it and then a few months later this the life is still the same they still have the same job they still have the same issues and they think that doing surgery is going to Take them out um, of change their, their mental state. 
I think I think also we've cannot under because as a man it's very difficult for me to take to know what to say here because I can't I think it's oh, a very Oh, come to a labor lots of men doing this too. It's, it's not a... oh my god, you should be able to contribute. I know, I know, but you know it's such an intimately female thing in a sense. I mean men mm-hmm. do it, but I just feel like we can't also un- underestimate the the power of aspiration, you know? I think when mm-hmm. you look at that picture everything becomes very aspirational and you know this aspiration has no age limit in a sense you know you could totally be agree. You, 100. you could be anybody just aspiring to be anybody and you know but i can see the impact even but fashion is changing you know to be honest with you fashion is i i don't know fashion is so interactive in the way that it, it reacts to these realities you know like now we are shooting our catalog and normally we would go to the agencies and we'd find people but a lot of brands now just look at people on the street they will just want to shoot an everyday but, girl but, but part you know? of but part of the reason fashion is changing may i say mm-hmm. is part of the whole theme of what we're doing being your true authentic self fashion exactly, is going there right. and what changed fashion was actually instagram <laughs> because the moment that thing came out and the average person at home could put themselves on Instagram in a pair of high heels and yes. they got 10,000 people following them. People started to realize, wait, I don't need that skinny model anymore. I can get 5 foot 2 Jenny from Ohio to model this dress and she has 20,000 people that will buy it. You know, you read my mind. True. Yeah, because Jenny is guess what? Because Jenny is authentic because they know who Jenny is. because they know Jenny lives on a farm and they like that they relate to Jenny they connect to Jenny you see where i'm coming from Absolutely. people are starting to get away we just from, did that and uh, yeah cuz everybody's realizing now that you know before people saw things like magazines and all these pretty images they thought i could never be like that now anybody can you take a makeup tutorial on youtube you buy a dress from Fashion Nova and you get your friend to shoot you and you use Photoshop and edit it and you can create your own magazine spread so the illusion is disappeared now right everybody knows that all these magazines and everything were just an illusion because years ago you couldn't do that by yourself at home so now people are looking for the authenticity behind it which is why everyone's going on the streets everyone you know just goes for the normal because Everyone's an Instagram model. Now. How about that? <laughs> yeah, because no one is disillusioned anymore. Everybody knows it's achievable. But can I say something guys just to break your bubbles a bit? I personally I don't want to buy a brand because Jenny from the farm is wearing it because I'm not buying it actually if it's her wearing it. I want to see a girl that's just going to knock me down. but it's my truth. It's my truth. Yeah, Everyone but, have their but, own but, truths. I want to see for you Jenny from the farm might not be for you <laughs> but your your model might be your model might be um somebody else that you can relate to that's got soul that's got you know class that's got you know so that's your own version of Jenny from the farm so, Jenny from the farm which is an yes. example and I, like you, i said there's somebody else who will look at Jenny from the farm and say i'm buying i want everything Jenny from the farm is the girl next door and i can relate to her and stuff like that so i'm just saying for me personally mm-hmm. even though i'm cognizant of the fact that yes uh, the way of consumerism has definitely evolved and uh, the way that actually people you know just the way people consume the way people wear fashion the way things have changed and i appreciate that 
But me, from my old school mentality of Liz, is I still want to see whatever I'm going to buy is going to be dependent on that model and how she wears it. Because that's going to be my wow factor. And that's what will inspire me. I'm just saying me. But Liz, me, not, not you, not edgy. You, it's very different because you were a model and you have a model's body. So you would go for something that looks good on a model because you know it will look good on you. See, we've had this conversation with Liz before. All right. Yeah, right. I'm trying to say. <laughs> so it makes sense for you. But from someone sitting at home that doesn't look like you, they would go for Jenny from the farm or somebody that, you know, looks like them. Right? <laughs> All right, guys. And this is what designers have realized that, you know, not everybody looks like six foot skinny and doesn't put on weight, you know? <laughs> Some people know they put on weight and they want someone that looks like them and they go for that. And you know, the market is so segmented now. I mean, if you have a sports brand, you want to have someone athletic and they may not really be model figures, but they're athletic. Mm -hmm. So you're picking and choosing these areas that it's become really niched in terms of what the model looks like. But the commonality though is it's accessibility. They want someone who can be, a, who looks accessible who looks, there have to be some everyday element to this person that you, if not, it's mm -hmm. just, you know, um, it's fashion is not that. It's, I think we're a lot more democratic right now. Guys, mm -hmm. I know that Edgy, it's your echoes. I wonder if you had anything or you touched on anything on your echoes today, or you thought about uh, the conversation I had earlier when it comes to the models and the, the ugly truth behind the whole, you know, it's nice when people say, Drink lots of water, eat it, then you do this. But the truth of the matter is we all know. Between me, you and Amanda, we all know what really goes on backstage with the models, generally, or or, or let's just say in a bigger scope of things. What what what's your two cents around that? And what what would you what's your two cents around this, first of all? Let's just go there. No, I would say I would still say fashion is a beauty thing. It, it still it still revolves around beauty. It's just that right now, beauty is not is not that beauty is not defined defined by vogue or by you know by by just uh, beauty is it's got a very organic d definition now so that what i would say is for me inner beauty as uh, like i just listening today i feel inner beauty is more important than outside beauty and if you reflect that inner beauty positively i think a lot of brands are going to want to work with you you know yeah, just but, because yeah, but 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 edgy i want us to also just touch quickly before we take a break i just wanted to get your feedback or your echoes around uh you know the situation which is a real situation it's a nightmare but it still happens and it's just unfortunate what situations the situation around the models and how they actually literally kill themselves to keep up with but the you know that situation is changing even that situation is changing when a we modeled it was worse when we modeled it was so much it's worse bad. because yeah. that was the norm mm. now it's changing you know it's not the norm anymore most models you see on the stage today on the catwalk are not as skinny as they were 10 years ago no. they're still skinny but not like before no, you know totally. in, in paris for example it's banned you know mm, it's illegal to have models that are that skinny yeah yeah so i mean they're still thin but they're more like naturally thin women not like oh my god she's gonna die you know and like, the agencies don't have that much pressure on the girls anymore because now the girls can walk they're, any girl they're, can they're walk not so through. defined by the agencies they can walk on their yeah. own 
Yeah. True. Guys, we're yeah, going to also because of social media, girls can just, you know, if you put too much pressure on them, they can expose you so easily now. So there's <laughs> yes. it's a very delicate situation. It's different now. Yeah. Absolutely. Guys, you are tuned into the Fashion Lab Radio. This is us con- having this conversation around uh, from the inside out. Uh, we've been joined by Dr. Obeng. We've been joined by Amanda Vananan. We are joined by Edgy Benson with his echoes from New York. And we are about to roll over to uh, another favorite segment because uh, we are getting to that time of the day. So let's roll over to Glamish after this music break.
go grieve. She go say, she go say, I be lady yo. If you call a woman, African woman, no go grieve. She go say, she go say, I be lady yo. Lady Namasta, Lady Namasta, 
for dance, she go dance, lady dance. Call them for dance, she go dance, lady dance. Africa woman go dance, she go dance the fire dance. Africa woman go dance, she go dance the fire dance. She know him man a master. She go cook for him, she go do anything he say. But lady no be so, but lady no be so. Lady na master, lady na master. If you call a woman African woman, no go Greek. She go say, she go say I be lady. She go say I be lady. She go say I be lady. She go say I no be woman. She go say I be lady. She go say my woman na woman. She go So basically, our wellness obsession continues here on the show. And I think I'll keep trying to sell the health benefits of natural, organic, fermented or herbs and spices in our, ve- in our very own kitchens. Most of these goodies have made their way into social popularity via supplements, drinks, gummies or even powders every, as we've seen in our health stores. Mm-hmm. And you'll start to even see more of it as, as popularity for these ancient secret ingredients as we see them being introduced in many innovative ways. There are so many 
So we're talking about what? Can you give us an example? I'm interested in the fermented products because I'm now thinking, gosh, kombucha is fermented, kefir is, is fermented. Um, what else is fermented? Injera is fermented. I don't know how healthy it is, but it's amazing. Do you know anything about the fermentation? I don't know injera. Can you tell me a little bit oh, about injera? injera? Yes. <laughs> well, injera is an Ethiopian flatbread. Okay. It's all, so when you think about chapati, think about it, but in right. a different way because they actually ferment theirs. Okay. So when they finish their process of when it's ready, it actually looks like it has holes because of the fact that it was fermented. Yes. So the it's bitter and it's a very acquired taste and there's a lot of people who don't like it, but I really like, like kombucha. it. Like kombucha. <laughs> like kombucha. Yes. 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 Most people don't like the taste of it. Mm. It just, they, they can't mm. handle the, the, the mm. aftertaste. Personally, I, I won't lie. I think it's an acquired taste and it's like must be like injera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I definitely, I always, it's the first thing I reach for, whether it's a breakout, whether I feel sluggish for the day, whether um, I just want a little boost in my metabolism before I go to the gym. So so what we are saying is a breakout on my face could be a result of my, whatever it is I'm ingesting. Definitely. So it's not, it's not, it's not, something just beat me it's not something beat me or something no and a lot of people feel that oh no it's just my skin acting up again but it's about asking yourself why your skin is acting up is it your stress levels is it something that you ate wrong i mean um is it something that you drink lack of exercise also um imbalance of bacteria that's when the kombucha comes in (laughs) in the injera um but it's also looking at the people that you're sitting around the, the the environment that you're sitting in you know what i mean Interesting. Girl, child, I hope you all are listening. This is Zakia holding it down on Glamish. What else do we need to know? I love this conversation around the inside, from the inside out, because it actually is revealing a lot around us just being careful about what we ingest, because that's what comes out back to the surface. But it's, it's uh, Liz, we, we're living in a unique time. I think people are finally starting to be aware that it's not just about um, looking pretty. It's about looking what's inside. It's about finding what's wrong with you inside, your well-being, mental health. And it's about time that South Africa is there. You know, it's, if you take, for example, um, if we talk about brands, um, we love our Tim2 foundation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really light. It's really airy. but And it's buildable, so you can build it up. But if you compare it to a product like Huda Beauty, Huda Beauty is completely covering. It's complete coverage. It's... I'm not, I'm not talking bad about the brand, but what I'm saying is when, when you wear foundation or when you wear makeup, see what it does. Is it a mask that you're creating or can we still see you as a person? Now, so obviously that means that the mask or whatever it is, whatever you're calling it, you're calling it a mask. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> when people get their face beat in so many layers, do their pores even get to breathe? Because I know with them too, I actually... I think Tem2 is the lightest thing that's ever been on my skin and I'm almost spoiled now, Zaki. I go into spaces where if it's not you beating my face, I feel like, oh my God, I'm about to have cake thrown on and I feel like I could barely breathe. I could make face, you know, expressions and I can feel the... The cracks. Yes. <laughs> but that's definitely it. Okay. I wouldn't say you... you I, I can't talk bad about Huda Beauty or any other brand to say that your, your skin and your pores won't breathe. I will say if you buy knockoff brands, if you buy things that are poorly made, most definitely you're going to have a problem. I mean, I have friends of mine that use uh, clay foundations. 
made from natural clay. They refuse to wear anything bad on their skin. And it's amazing, you know, even if they get me, they'll still, I'll do everything else. But when it comes to their foundation, they're like, no, I want to use, it's a completely natural clay. It's it's incredible. Wow. I mean, it's, you know, we're living in a time where you can't say, um, I can't get a good product or um, it's, 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 it's impossible. I mean, every single person we meet in our lives nowadays, especially females and as well as males nowadays, are wearing makeup. So, um, so take us back to the, I, for me, I'm very curious about what else you have to share um, when it comes to what we ingest and how this thing is actually working, not just from the surface. While we're busy trying to solve the surface problems, we should actually be looking within. What else do you have for us today around that? Um, I would definitely like to add to this. So what I'm going to say is check out our blog on Fashion Lab Africa slash blog. So I would really like, this is a topic I'm really uh, passionate about. So there's a lot more that I want to throw into it. Um, you know, it's uh, even if you take, like, I mean, I spoke about it before, about skincare rituals, about um, uh I mean, we see it every day. I mean, if you look at Instagram, if we flip onto Instagram, we see uh, self-care routines, going to bed with uh, Adriana Lima or going to bed with Liza Gombo. So it's uh, basically teaching people all the time that it's about looking after yourself. Guys, if you're going to bed with me, you know you're going on with your <laughs> lipstick and your powder. So I don't know if you want to go with me or go with Adriana Lima. But <laughs> any other tips around uh, this conversation of just being able to take care of ourselves from the inside out? Um, I would definitely say stress management. Check your stress levels. I would say um, increase your kombucha. Um, uh, wash your face before bed every night. Uh, look at the people... I, did I say about looking about the about the, key, about the company that you keep? Because no. I mean, uh, definitely always be around positive people. I mean, all these things aid to um, beautifying ourselves from inside. Interesting. Hmm, guys, you heard that all from Zakia. Any parting shots? <laughs> <laughs> the golden la creme de la creme. One last thing before we leave. Um. So. The best moisturizers will do nothing for the skin that is constantly being exposed to damage and neglect. All our bodies will become quickly weak and frail if we stick to bad habits and poor lifestyle choices. Um, yeah, it's just realizing beauty comes from the inside out. All right. Boom, guys. This is Zakia. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much, Liz. It's funny how um, Zakia mentions a couple of things that we actually have mentioned she spoke about um yeah I know vibrations and she spoke about mental mental state of mind or something mm -hmm. similar yeah what are your mm -hmm. thoughts or what is your do you guys want to uh share any thoughts around what she's sort of shared about how we mm -hmm. i think she, she she pretty much uh she pretty much said the things that amanda and Dr. Bang had 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 actually uh, expressed. So um, I think we all do need to rest and sleep well for our beauty. <laughs> what are, what are you doing, Edgy? <laughs> oh, I this, don't sleep. Out of this, I tips. don't sleep. <laughs> so I'm one of those people who only needs like I only need like uh, I only need probably like. Uh, 
five hours. Don't be confused and don't try to confuse us because Amanda said there's a thing that's come up and now you're thinking you're one of them without even getting tested for it. Edgy, please, tricks are for kids. Come. With another story already. <laughs> Amanda, he's just trying, he's trying to ride on your little research. No. Yes, yeah, so. the new thing about genes. <laughs> Like without I without sleep. confirming, I need no. eight hours. Me too. And I love my eight-hour sleep. You know, and if I don't sleep for eight hours, even after like two days, three days, I can tell straight away. Hmm. And also, I start to feel tired. It's weird. If I I I never used to be like that, but now I need at least eight hours or seven every day. You know. Me too. I I and never used to be like that too, and I I also feel the same. I really need it. I don't care if I'm waking up yeah. at midday. Midday, I need eight or seven. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You just need it. And another thing I've learned is they actually say going to bed earlier is much better. So if you can get to bed by 10 latest, you know, and the best time around eight, nine is the best time to be in bed. Because um, they believe between, I believe it's between 11 or between 12 and 2, that's when you release all the antioxidants that make you younger and keep you young and healthy but you know healthy eating beats everything hands down you know i was just reading an article yesterday about a guy a boy in the uk that has actually gone blind and he went blind because he wasn't getting nutrition can you believe that because he was yeah i read that you read that he was eating only popcorn french and um, french fries yeah crisps and you know from the packets and all this that was and scary went blind so it goes to show you that nutrition is everything and i think a very important part is fruit and vegetable we have to try and have as much fruit and vegetables because um like carbs don't really do anything for us you know i mean they do they're good for energy but fruit and vegetable is where you get the nutrients from you know wow guys and so we need a lot of nutrients and proteins right Wow, guys, I was going to say, if I went to bed at 10, because I can tell you what I do at 10. What I do at 10 is I roll over to the other side, sometimes left or sometimes right. I pull myself a nice little Gumbo Wines, nice Pinotage 2013, and I continue. <laughs> I pop it and I continue working. But I think for me, at least I know for sure that, you know, we have to be conscious about these things. At least I know for sure that, you know, out of this show, we've been talking about some of the ways that we can sort of improve our not just physical but also inside out uh, condition and just sort of our general mood and our energy and everything and I think it's up to us to figure out what we can handle what we can't and just start it's one step at a time right mm-hmm. absolutely yeah it's everything is one step at a time and it absolutely. all starts with you all right guys so I think we need to honestly roll over to the wine style guide talking about rolling from the left to the right at 10 p.m. looking for Lizogumbo wines. But here we go with the wine style guide. It's time for your wine style guide. Brought to you by Lizogumbo wines. Today we're going to start with Edgy. Edgy, do not confuse Amanda because I want to start with Amanda, but then I don't want you to confuse her, so be very careful. Or should should Amanda start? Amanda, the wine style guide is one of our things. It's a segment on the show, and it's basically you just sharing either a tip around how to drink wine, you know, in a stylish way, or how to do things, how to sort of enjoy wine while also being stylish. Because there's a lot of, uh, ooh, there's a lot going on ooh, with this wine situation and people who think they're so stylish and they know wine but anyway 
Let's start with you, Amanda, because Edgy will just mess up the flow. We're starting with Amanda. What's your so wine what style? What do you guide? say the wine, wine style? What's my guide? wine style guide? Yes, today. Um, and does that just include how I would? So basically, I'm supposed to talk about how I would enjoy my wine. Is yes. That it? Yes, you can do any any way about enjoying the wine, how to manage it, how to handle it. It's uh, however. We <laughs> Well, there are a couple of ways to enjoy the wine. There's, I would say for me, my wine style guide is I have two ways. There's the relaxed way, which is when you get home and you chill. And then there's also the before the party way. So let's start with the relaxed way. The relaxed way, why I would enjoy my, like Lisa Gumbo wine, of course, <laughs> is, um, you know, I get home from a hard days of work. I, pull, I draw myself a nice bath with some bath bubbles or bath salts, you know. And then I soak in that for a while, rub myself with some essential oil, put on some nice, nice lingerie that's nice and soft, some soft music. <laughs> As I don't have a man at the moment, I get my, you know, I make sure I take care of myself, honey. Man or no man. Like, I ain't putting my lingerie on for no man. I put it on for myself. <laughs> so. <laughs> you guys love me already. <laughs> this is the most intricate wine style guide I have had. But Amanda, we are with you. Continue. Yeah, yeah. So I put on my, you know, nice, soft, silky lingerie, you know, probably a nice, throw on a nice chamois or, you know, a nice little, you know, robe on top. And I get myself in bed, you know, or sit on my sofa, put some candles and, you know, just reminisce about life, you know, <laughs> have the music and get pour my wine very gently and just sit, sit <laughs> and just reminisce and relax. Boom! You know? <laughs> Amanda, that is enough for one wine style guide. That's the most intricate wine style guide we've ever had on this show. <laughs> but, but it's good. You but know, it's it very really good and good. thank you. Thank you. Edgy, relaxed, yes, Edgy, you know? I hope that has set the tone for you. What is your wine style guide today, Edgy? I have I have absolutely nothing to add. I was just lost. I am sorry. <laughs> Edgy, How could I stop that? I can't cannot, add anything. You cannot not add anything. Come on. We need no, you. I, just, I know, but I mean, I, I don't drink wine. I'm learning, and this was a big learning. Uh, I mean, this was huge for me. So, Amanda, I'm grateful for this lesson. But next week, I'm going to have my own style guide for the, for wine from what I've learned from you guys today. Well, thank you. But there's so many. Okay, I'll give you another one. Another one. Not one. Oh my God, yeah. Amanda, are you giving us one for on behalf of Edgy? Yes. Yeah. Okay, okay bring it on. on behalf of I don't know, bring it on. And this one's going to be very quick. You, you just pour yourself a little glass of, you know, your favorite red wine while you're getting ready to go out. You know, you have the curlers going, the makeup going, you got your beauty mirror on, you're doing your makeup, you got music in the background, and you're sitting as you're getting your beauty done. You're getting your groove on as you're getting, as you're beating your face and getting your hair done, and you're just sipping that wine. And it's, you know, by the time you get into your dress and you're ready to go out, you're all googly eyed. See? There you go. Thank you very much. Um, Edgy, you should be very thankful that she actually filled in there for you and tried to. I took notes. Yeah, well, you should have. If I was you, I would too. But okay. I took notes. Anyway, thank you so much, Amanda. I think for me today, I'm going to make mine so simple because yours was so intricate in two levels. I mean, taking edges and taking yours over. But today, mine's going to be very simple. I think uh, my wine style guide today is for those of you who love wine, uh, you're hosting a wine party, please make sure that you chill the white wine. 
please please don't let the people get there and i don't even drink white wine but i i literally sympathize with my friends who drink white wine and they get into a place and it's like oh my gosh the wine wasn't frozen can i get some ice so please guys chill your whites that's how they're supposed to be drunk and do not chill your reds keep them in the room temperature thank you very much but this is us we're holding it down here this is the conversation we've been unpacking all the way uh, we've been joined by Amanda Vananan. We've been joined by Dr. Obeng. Uh, we've had Edgy also contribute with his echoes. We've had Glamish with Zakia Bam. And we are just about to wrap up because we have got to that last space or spot. Uh, that is called the Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? Who would you want to dress? <laughs> We're going to start with Amanda again. Let her set the pace. <laughs> She's really doing a great job. So, so, what are we doing now? It's called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? So, it's a little segment where you just basically say who you want to dress if you're given an opportunity to dress them and why. Whether they just can't dress oh, to save their lives or whether they just, whether you just want them as your muse or whatever it is, but that's the Who Would You Want to Dress segment. Um, if I was given an opportunity to dress someone, I think I would want to dress, hmm, let me think, I don't know, I don't want to use someone that's too famous, because that just sounds so cliche, so I'm going to find someone, preferably African, and why would I even want to dress them, you know? <laughs> so, but if I, just from my head, I'd love to dress Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. And why? Because I think she's got elegance and style. And at the same time, you know, but if I dress Angelina, I would actually make her street style, you know, because I love her elegance and style, but I'd love to do something totally different. So I would, I would put some cornrows on her hair, give her some nice silk, you know, like baggy pants, maybe some sneakers. So she's still looking elegant, you know what I mean? Like a nice tank top and a long jacket. I'll just like to make her look a bit more street and, you know, more kind of trendy. <laughs> okay, well, that's fine. That's good. Edgy, who would you want to dress and why? And it's not Amanda and it's not me. Please. And it's not oh, you. Today, today I want to dress our new muse. She's really shy. But we we have this wool wool dress that we're making with this super super obnoxious drop neck that I want to put her in, and I know she's gonna scream at it because it's not. I mean, she's really organic, so that's the person I want to dress. Does she have a name? Her name is Jennifer. Okay, does Jennifer have another name? Is it Jennifer uh, Aniston or is it Jennifer? Uh, brown oh wow okay edgy guys we're moving on today (laughs) i want to dress amanda vananan because she's on the show she looks good she takes care of herself she's very relevant to the conversation we're actually having today so it was just an interesting coincidence and uh, i'd love to dress her in everything visa goomba from head to toe for from monday through sunday so let's see how that goes liz i'm gonna take you up on that when i get to break and i turn up at your house Ooh, so what have I gotten myself into? But it's fine. I can, like you don't know who's there. I can handle it, oh. honey. I can handle it. Step I, up. And whether, Amanda. Whether you're coming here and getting getting you, you dressed up here, or if I'm coming to LA and getting you dressed up in LA, it doesn't matter, but that's something I think we should do. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And I have a pair of shoes just for Amanda because uh, uh, Liz turned them down. 
I want to see what oh, Amanda really? thinks of them. Yeah. Did you have okay. to? Do, do we have to talk about? Edu, do we have to talk about the things from the past in the show today? Because we are today. <laughs> we are on a different show today. Now you want to talk about what happened with the shoes last time? Okay. Yes. yes <laughs> Guys, yes. <laughs> this has been a, an amazing show. Thank you so much for joining us, Amanda. Thank you for joining us, thank and you. all the best with your journey as you continue on. Uh, Edu, thank you thank also you so for much. yes. Edu, thank You're you for welcome. joining us as well. Um, Zakia, thank you for your glamish tips. Uh, Dr. Obeng, thank you very much as well for making time. And uh, for those of you who are tuned in, we are on fashionloveafrica.com. Oh, yeah. And before you go, uh-huh. let me plug a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to plug where you can find us all mm-hmm. because Madame yes. is yes. not plugging that. Uh-huh. But let me tell you. So first of all, to find Dr. Obeng, you can find him on Twitter, Instagram, and anything, just um, search Michael K. Obang, O-B-E-N-G. Um, for me, the name is Amanda, A-M-A-N-D-A, Van Annen on Instagram. It's Amanda.V-A-N.A-N-A-N. And for Miko Beauty, you can find us at MikoBeauty.com. Perfect. Mm, Thank you. Girl, you're a hustler like us. We're all hustlers. You've got to hustle your spot and leave your footprint. So I hope you guys all heard that. But thank you for tuning in. Um, if you guys have any uh, sort of topics you'd like to hear from us on this show to sort of help you help you elevate uh, the fashion industry in general, you can email us at info at fashionlabafrica.com. Otherwise, it is peace and love until next week.